Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. The holiday season is in full effect. I was just talking to Mrs. Rain the other day, uh, a couple of days ago, like happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. Like it's, I mean, happy holidays seems to have won. There's not as much hoopla going on this year as even last year, the year before for sure. And maybe it's something with everything going on in 2020. People aren't trying to really nitpick, but I think it really, it was always going to be happy holidays wins. There's so, like, it's the holiday season. Now, that being said, on Christmas Day, since the holiday is called Christmas, if you tell people Merry Christmas, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. And I don't think there's anybody should, like, take offense or try to change that. That's the name of the day. We celebrate that throughout this country. And yeah, some people don't. uh, But I don't know. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be offensive or taken taken offensively uh by any means but but that's what it is but it's kind of when I, I think i've mentioned this before like by thanksgiving the by that sunday weekend kind of one of our house laws is to have everything set up proper for christmas lights up trees up uh interior decoration all good we got a lot of santas just a bunch of different santas we got uh uh, white cholo santa chilling out front we got uh like porcelain santa we got gnome looking santa what else we got we got black angel santa uh classic 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 uh, 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 looking white santa and, and more and many more and we have an uh, an overabundance of nutcrackers as well there's like a dozen nutcrackers i was looking around this year i was like dang i'm sure i had the same exact thought last year and the year before that Year before that, there's no telling because things kind of when we transitioned from our little spot over South Minneapolis to Tucson, Arizona, uh, we really were able to let loose and, and decorate this house uh, to include the tree. We got it a damn, I don't want to say perfect, but damn near perfect tree this year. It's just something like nine and a half feet tall, just a straight, nice stick on top for the star. And then it just comes down just symmetrically, just, just gorgeous. I had a little bit of trimming work to do on the bottom, but it was all good. And we found that motherfucker at Fry's. I don't know what y'all know about Fry's grocery stores, but I mean, it's, we got Fry's and Safeway. It's just a big, big, big grocery store in, in Tucson. So we went to uh, a few days before that. Cause like one of the house laws, like have the lights up, have the tree up by the end of Thanksgiving weekend. And we went to go get the tree and uh, no tree, not not a not a quality acceptable enough tree uh, for for our household. So we went back a day later. It was like Monday or Tuesday. We rolled over to Fry's because my mother in law actually had like a twenty percent off coupon. We roll up. The, oh, here, let me go back. The the initial there was like a tree that maybe we thought about getting at the first spot, 
and it was like a hundred dollar tree. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just like, I know it's a hundred bucks. I got a hundred, but we're not going to be a hundred bucks short on the mortgage because we get the tree. Or for that matter, I'm cool with like spending maybe up to 80, but I think $80 is extremely expensive for a tree, even for the labor to, to chop it down, load it on a truck, ship it to, to where it's at and have somebody come buy it. I think $80 is still an extremely, extremely expensive tree to pay for. So another $20 on top of that is just kind of like slamming my dick in a door. I'm not feeling the vibe. So we went f- uh, a couple days later at Fry's, 20% off coupon. $54 tree. Uh, so what's that? That's uh, $10, $10.80 off the tree or something like that. So 40, a 44, $43, $44 tree plus tax, and it's damn near perfect. I mean, the motherfucker's nine and a half feet tall. Man, and it looks good. We got it all decorated up. We finished that up. Uh, well, what's today? Today's Sunday. We finished that up like Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday. Yeah, because yesterday, me and Mrs. Rain had a little good time in the hot tub, just looking up at the stars, just just chat chitting a little bit, looking up, uh, just looking up at the universe. And I guess there's some time coming up uh, soon in the, in the days to come, weeks to come, sometimes sometime before before New Year's. Uh, I guess Mars and Saturn are supposed to align and look like this big giant. They're calling it a Christmas star, I guess. And that's all I know. I would say I would say look into it. But I do dig, you know, just building building these traditions like our, our Thanksgiving. It was a long time. My grandfather was still alive. He came over for Thanksgiving and Christmas and then passed away. And then I was just got to like, I really, really enjoy Christmas. Like, uh, excuse me, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my shit. Like we host every year. That's kind of one of our traditions that we're forming as a family. And then Christmas time, just having the lights up and I get my son up on the roof. We clean off the roof uh, while we're putting the lights up. And, you know, the three-year-old, he's up there with me, Big G, having a good time on the roof. And Baby G will be up there eventually as well, but and then getting the tree up as soon as possible, getting the house decorated. It's just that type of familial familiarity I've mentioned before, just the type of things that we do in this household to form traditions so everybody knows what everybody's about and where we come from. And then hopefully that's, you know, the base of something that can then begin to spread out as as we grow and my kids grow and they eventually start families of their own and so on and so forth. And just to, you know, that just have that sense of, of family. Cause there's just things I didn't have growing up. Like my dad's family, when I got back involved with them, like they got together and it was, it was, it was something that we got together. All right. There was no specific traditions within that. We got together, we ate good, laughed, had a good time, you know, but my mom's side, not so much. Like it was never really much of traditions. Like, yeah, we put the tree up, but nothing was made like a big deal. And not necessarily that, you know, you need to make Christmas time a big deal, but just that is an easy way to have an excuse to form some type of family tradition. At Christmas, we do this. At Halloween, we go to the pumpkin patch. All right. And we did, and we did that. Like my dad, when I got back involved with my dad, like we went to the pumpkin patch, we went and cut down the tree every year from, from the tree lot. Like we drive hours to go do these things. And I don't know that at the time, let me think at the time, and you know, I think I still feel this way. The drive is not worth it to go cut down a tree. The drive is not worth it to go pick a pumpkin. And that's 
like because it was like hours. Like currently, we drive an hour. It's like a fifty-four minute drive from the crib to the uh, to the pumpkin patch. But the tree, we just go to a tree lot, whether that's you know one of them big box stores, Home Depot or Lowe's, or ended up at the grocery store this year getting a tree. Who would have thought you get a grocery uh, a tree from a grocery store? I don't even think I ever realized. Like I was driving around looking for a tree lot. I called my wife and I, I seen her turning one way, and I was turning another way, and I called her. We, uh, I was coming from work. She was coming from the crib with the boys. I called her. I was like, hey, what, where are these trees? She's like, they're at Fry's. I'm like, I just drove by Fry's. I saw no like tree lot. She's like, no, they're just in front of Fry's. So I think I had like a dozen, maybe 20 trees up there. Excuse me. But uh, what are they talking about? But looking back at it, like I still like driving so far to go get a pumpkin to, I don't even remember necessarily. It wasn't like we then went on to carve the pumpkin and made fresh pumpkin seeds and fresh pumpkin pie. And like, we just drove really far to go get pumpkins. And maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe we only went a half hour or 45 minutes, but I don't know. Now I do enjoy as a parent taking my kids to the pumpkin patch. And part of that too is me, my jadedness towards the world, for sure. Like I didn't get involved with this family until I was, you know, closer to being a man than a child. So like my kids are going through, you know, all these steps and we're hyping them up and building in them just some some positive psychology. Just, you know, yeah, these are the fun things we go do. We get to go have these opportunities as a family. And I do like, it's, yeah, it's an hour away to go get the pumpkin, but it's like a whole event up there. We're up there for a few hours. And as the kids get a little older, the time will be like better well spent because they'll be able to play a little more unsupervised with other kids, like on the playground areas and the, the jumpy castles and and uh we we'll, like won't be racing back home to try to get nap in uh, you know after we just drove an hour we'll be able to sit there enjoy lunch to whatever extent you can enjoy the uh the Marana pumpkin patch food but nonetheless these are the traditions that we're starting to form and coming from somewhere where di- I didn't have that it's it's just beautiful and you know, I guess that's just some of the things maybe that come with being a latchkey kid with a single mom like I I I don't know but what we would, we get the tree and I always, you know, had love. I always got presents. My grandparents took care of me, but I'm um, like, and my mom, like all that. We had like good loving times around the holidays. Like I don't dislike the holidays because of any type of scarring I went through as a child. It's, and I don't dislike the holidays. I don't want to make it seem like that either. But the whole, the rigmarole, the commercializedness of it, like it's, it, it gets to me a little bit. And now I, I don't want to say, yeah, I, I don't not like it like it, it, it's not that it's there's just a lot that comes with it I don't I don't know I'm, I'm going off on a little bit of tangent but raising toddlers uh raising toddlers with with traditions and you know a fa- family oneness this, this is what we do we move as a unit we we take care of the holiday season and we really reflect upon on the year what brought us here and, and just all the good times around ourselves together and that's that's just what I'm kind of trying to instill in in these boys big G and baby G so I don't know I just wanted to to check in say what's up just real quick I don't have uh, I don't have anything deep I'm uh, just thinking about my boys uh, big G stayed the night at his uh, granny's house last night 
and uh, Mrs. Rain took Baby G to, uh, I think they did a Costco run, and then they're going to go get Big G. So I had a little bit of time myself before I go. Uh, I got to go meet a client here in a little bit. I've actually been working for since for a few hours this morning. I actually just, uh, just fired down the work computer, fired up the podcast computer, and decided to to drop a little bit. But yeah, I got the house to myself. Thinking about some of the cleaning I gotta I gotta do. Toddlers around here just pissing on floors. I got like I changed a wax ring on a toilet. If you don't know, if you lifted your toilet up off the ground, beneath it you got well you got a bolt on either side bolting. You should have bolts on your toilet bolting it to the floor. So you unscrew those those nuts and bolts, pull the toilet off, and you got something called a wax ring, and that kind of, when you flush, it makes the seam between the toilet and the floor, so all your, uh, all your uh, waste goes down the, uh, down the plumbing properly, and I had a wax ring that went, uh, I'm pretty sure the toilet was leaking, I'm pretty sure, now I'm not so sure, but because I wasn't sure and thought it might be leaking, let me just change this wax ring out, so I did that a few weeks ago, and then I got some more like water on the floor, Cause my boys be in the tub, splish splashing, getting water. I mean, the bathroom ain't that big. It ain't that. I mean, it's a it's a shower, a toilet, a sink, and a mirror, right? And they got the whole floor in there wet because I got two toddlers in the damn tub, splish splashing, taking while they're taking a bath. Uh, and I just like looking at the floor, like I, I now I don't know if the wax ring was even leaking. Like the floor is so wet, and like the grout absorbs water and looks wet in some spots and dry in other spots. And then there's other spots like right next to the toilet. I'm like, damn, maybe I need to double up this wax ring. The, like the way it went on didn't seem like it smushed, but it could have. Like who who knows? Maybe I need to double up on the wax ring because if you got a wax ring. And you put it on and it's not sealing properly, you double up on the wax ring. So that's that's how you solve that issue. But now, like, there's one spot right next to the toilet. Like, if the toilet was leaking, it should be growing or wet. And now I just think it's piss. I just think I got toddlers around here pissing on the floor. And that is what it is. But that's it. No, uh, no transition for this one. No, uh, no real point. I just wanted to get out there, get on the airwaves, wish everybody a, a happy holiday season. I hope uh, everything is all well with you. I just got some fresh eggs. I got a fresh dozen eggs from Guy. Guy's been on the cast before. I think he's been my most regular guest besides Big G. Big G's been on probably half the casts, and he's in the intro, as a matter of fact. But I went by Guy's crib, picked up. He's got some... Uh, some free range eggs at the crib so he hooked me up with a dozen and oh do they look sexy uh, i had a little bit this morning they are some damn fine eggs if you've never had free range eggs you got the opportunity to have some fresh not caged eggs just some nice nice well cared for chickens uh man spend the extra few bucks and enjoy yourself on that but since i was going uh I was over by guy's crib picking that up I ended up uh, swinging by another one of the homies' house. He was talking the other day about how he didn't, uh, he lost all his Christmas decorations in the divorce. And I had a few extra Christmas decors that were just from when I, I had them at my, at my granddad's house and I was living there when I got out of the military. Uh, we had our little tree put up and uh, I had some of those ornaments left over, but I had like this commemorative Michael Jackson ornament. I found two of them randomly. No clue where I got them, when I got them, how long they've been in this box. But still in their box is brand new. So I uh, put one on my tree and gave one to Kyle along with a nutcracker. Because like I said, nutcrackers are, uh, are a big deal around the household along with the Santas. But 
But that's the type of stuff in this holiday season. You know, pick up on those little things people around you are saying and see if you can't, you know, brighten their day, even if it's a little bit or something stupid. Like I was already, I had it in my car, ready to give him the next, next time I saw him. And I was at Guy's crib, and that's not too far from Kyle's crib. So I went over to Kyle's crib and dropped him off a little, little sweet little Christmas goodie bag of some, just a couple of ornaments and tree decorations. I think there was a stocking in there, no big deal. But yeah, it, it was cool. He, he, got, he got a kick out of it. So I don't know, I like doing that little kind of stuff for people, just especially around the holidays. And then with Lopez Newton Realtors, too, the last two years, we went out uh, the week of Christmas and deliver pies to anybody we considered our, our VIP clients. So last year, boy, I had my pie list and I had a, another one of our team members, uh, Alina. She was out of town for Christmas. So I took her pie list and, and tow it up. I had like 25 pies to deliver. It took me two days to do it last year. So this year, I'll probably have a shorter list. Uh, I'm going to push that we do it. As a team, bring out the pies just to say what's up, let people know that uh, that we're there, that we care, because because we do in this real estate. I spent uh, this morning a big chunk of the time I was doing this work. I had to write an explanation. I got a, a guy in the Air Force transferring to here out of state and buying a house. So that's that's no big deal. Like we do that all the time. People, you'd be surprised how many people buy a house and have never stepped foot in. All they've seen is the pictures. The price is right. The feel is right. I'm moving here anyways. Uh, let's go for it. So it happens enough, at least once a quarter. You know, multiple, multiple times a year. At least, at least once a quarter. I've done a lot of transactions and just hold it down. Just have good communication. But anyways, his military transfer now might be held up in uh, six months. And so I just wrote a big synopsis of what he stands to lose currently financially and what he stands to lose if this happens midway through next year instead of right now, the way the market here is going. You know, because I do care, like you're, you're spending, you know, let's put a proverbial uh, uh, number on a house. To, uh, let me look up proverbial. I've been using that a lot lately. I'm not exactly sure uh, what proverbial. Oh, hold up. All of the other reindeers. Reindeers. Hey, what's our chicken and beef situation? Uh, plenty of beef. Last time I looked, there was a bunch of chicken, but I'll go look real quick. All right, wait, just text me. Yes. Okay, there. Okay, love you, bye. All right, I had a situation in the deep freeze. I had to check out for the fam. But uh, I was using proverbial kind of right. Referred to in a proverb. I'm going to stick out like a proverbial sore thumb. Stick out as if I was a sore thumb. Maybe I didn't use proverbial right. I need to look into look into my use of words maybe sometimes a little bit more. But uh, let's say somebody's spending $200,000 on a house right now today. If that gets pushed back uh, six months, the way property values are going up, it could be a $220,000 house like midway through 2021. Like he's already set up at the end of 2020 to be closing at the beginning of 2021. And the way property values are skyrocketing based on population increase and demand for homes and very, very low supply of homes, uh, home values in Tucson are, are very much going up. Amazon's got a, a headquarters here, distribution warehouse here. Uh, Target's got a distribution warehouse here. 
Raytheon is here and ever expanding. This is nothing new. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but Tucson, I mean, economically speaking, even during a 2020 pandemic, we are legit in like an economic bubble. Yes, people are struggling. Yes, people are out of work. Yes, business owners are, are down and maybe going to lose their business just like everywhere else. We're not, we're not in, you know, we're not in under beneath the force field, but there is some sense of a bubble where it's not extreme, as extreme as extreme as it can be, whether we, we're talking about something like New York or Portland uh, that, that has, you know, huge issues going on right now. We're, we're, we're away from a lot of civil rights concerns, uh, i.e. Minneapolis, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. There's, there's, there's a there's a lot happening in Tucson, and it's a, a lot, a lot of that. A lot is positive. So, uh, I, I don't know. I guess that was a long way of saying buy a house as soon. And you know what? This is I've said this before, maybe not on the podcast, but the time to buy a house is the moment you're like ready. If you're thinking about it and you qualify, the time is now to buy a house. Not oh yeah, I qualify. Let's think about this for another you know three, four, five, six months. No, not in Tucson. That's not the way our market is going. I've walked in and out of some great houses with people a year ago, and now those people, their price point hasn't changed. Generally, your price, you people make a certain amount of money. You're young in your twenties. You want to go buy a home, but. You're, you're 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 capped out at a at a certain number the amount of house you can buy and we walk in it's you know people think they can walk into a perfect house and it's a hundred sixty five thousand dollar house maybe where you're living a hundred in a, in this country one hundred sixty five thousand dollars is going to get you a phenomenal house in Tucson it's going to get you uh, a piece of shit it's going to get you a piece of shit house I mean it's more more than likely and now right now today but. Eight months ago, a year ago, that wasn't the case. You could get something that was still pretty decent and people didn't pull the trigger. And now there's a, those individuals, they haven't made more money or perhaps they maybe even lost their job and, and buying a house turned out to be a blessing. Not buying a house turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But let's say, you know, you, you kept your work, but your income level stayed the same. So, you you know, you're in your debt stayed the same. So your debt to income ratio is just fine. You qualify for this certain amount, but you're, you still qualify for that amount. But property values have gone up 10%. The last two years, it's ten percent in twenty eighteen. I think it's twelve percent last year. This year we're slated at is ten or twelve. I don't, I don't recall exactly what we're stated, slated to close twenty twenty uh, property value increase at, and that's not that's not slowing down. Property values in Tucson are skyrocketing. So if if you're thinking about buying a house, see if you qualify, and then let's go do that. Reach out to me. I'll get you pointed in the exact right direction. Even if you're not in Tucson, I'll point you in the right direction. We want to get you with a a local loan officer who has a good relationship with a realtor or get you with a realtor who has a very good relationship with a local loan officer. All right. Everybody wants to punch on online and think that, oh, wow, their rocket mortgage is advertising a a 2.5% interest rate. Uh, That I promise you, I promise you, it ain't going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Go with somebody local who can answer your calls on, you know, that at 6.30 p.m. because you got some random question that your realtor has a, a really good business relationship with. So they know that you're taken care of on the financial side. When you start going to these big box uh, mortgage lenders, that it, it, it may not turn out great for you. The timeline's going to be off. The paperwork's not going to be quite right. Uh, things are, you know, you're not going to close on time. Uh, half, half of things close late. 
So plan accordingly for that. Just anyways, just anyways. And definitely if you're not working with a local loan officer, because a realtor is so far from being in control. Realtors come in with a big dick, kick in the door, get an offer accepted, rip up the house, make sure it's in an acceptable condition, negotiate those repairs. And in Arizona, that takes 10 days. All of that from contract now, shopping for a house and getting an offer accepted. I mean, that could have taken taken weeks to months, depending on, you know, years. I've been working with the clients right now. They're just now, we just went to show houses for the very first time, and we've been speaking for two years. All right, that's this long game. So they're finally ready to get out there and go shopping. So the process takes a little bit, but from the, speaking of a real estate transaction, from offer accepted until through day 10, the realtors large and in charge coming through and throwing haymakers, negotiating things, working out. And this is the, the listing agent who has the home on the market and the person who brings the buyer. They're going back and forth heavily, heavily in charge. After that, realtor ain't no more in charge. Realtor had done... I mean, sitting back doing paperwork, just checking in, making sure things are going all right. But uh, the timeline is controlled by the loan officer. All right. So and and the realtor can't that ain't got nothing to do with that. That's all all money. And then the last three days. All right. Three days prior to when you're supposed to get your keys, your loan officer is supposed to have a package of documents to the title company. And the title company is the ones who are in charge. Right. The whole time title is in charge. So the lender steers the timeline, but the uh, the title company is in charge. They're getting you clear title. They're the ones who are in charge of getting buyer and seller signatures, making sure everybody's money is square. Uh, just they they are the most like crucial piece. So you need a good title rep as well. But that like matters minimally for the buyer. It matters way more for the realtor. Just somebody who you know is going to get the paperwork good and ready. But just over here rambling about real estate. Uh, buy a house now. If you think you're ready, buy a house now. Reach out and I'll just get you set off on the right path and help. And I don't know how I got there. Oh, because that's what I was doing this morning. I got a house to myself. Uh, yeah, I was just working on business on this fine, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, house to myself. About to go. Uh, yeah, I'm about to go cleanse myself. It's about that time. And I got a, I got a meeting in about an hour. So I got a dude. Yeah, just speaking of good clients, working with people for a really long time. I sold the house uh, Super Bowl weekend, 2019. So met up with some people beginning of the year last uh, last year. So almost two years ago at this point. Another different set of clients. So what I was looking with, they're moving out of out of Tucson. Uh, need a realtor, and I just happened. That's the way the sentence went. We we're just sitting at a bar. I was like, uh, I'm a realtor. Cool, help us sell our house. So get my boss. Go to their crib, sell the house, sells in uh, sells in about two days for above above market price because that's part of Tucson. Things are going off the shelf. People are willing to pay uh, high, higher than people want that are than they're asking for, and that's pushing property values up as well. And people they almost have to offer more in a lot of instances in order to. Uh, in order to win the offer, there's so many offers on houses. There's sellers just want to know who's the most serious. So you're willing to come in high. You're willing to risk it. All right, cool. And then if the appraisal comes in low, it's it's not that big of an issue because there's just no money left on table. Then your realtor, you know, the, the, the listing agent did their best job by getting you the most amount of money that the market would warrant. So it, it's, it's generally all good. But they move out of state. I meet these people, sell their house in a day. They move out of state. And uh, a couple years later, I get well, a few months ago, I get a call. Hey, I'm moving back into town. 
you know, the missus ain't doing very well and she passes, husband moves back into town uh, yesterday. He just got in town. He closes on his new house uh, tomorrow. So I'm going to go meet up with him. There's, there's a few more details within that, but ultimately if you do a good job for people and let them know that you care and you are a professional in your industry and you give them just at the end of the day, whether it's keys when they're buying a house or the most amount of money you could have got them in the sale of their house, you know, they remember that. And, you know, things do go wrong in the middle of a real estate transaction. It's, it's very stressful for people. It's one of the most stressful times in life. Uh, I think it's buying the, the, the five most is buying a house, marriage, divorce, uh, birth of a child, and then a, a death in the family. So those are like the five most stressful times people will go through. And then I, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned that before as well. Uh, nonetheless, I'm going to go meet up with uh, with an old client, who a previous client who became a current client who's about to become a previous client again. And he's just he, he's just a good dude. Recently widowered, and we're going to go see his brand new house. His first, he'll be his first time walking through it, as well as uh, uh, maybe go get uh, catch a little bit of football with uh, with my man. I don't even watch football, but I will with Ken. So that is what it is. I'm gonna get up out of here. I got to go wash my cracks. Uh, Y'all be cool, check on a vet, and hug your loved ones. Chill! I'm living in the city. Where it ain't no love, ain't no love at all. My back is up against the wall, but I still stand tall in the city. In the city, every day is a fight to get right. And at night, the bright lights will blind you. May I remind you, times are getting harder. The good life seems to be getting further and farther. In the city came the birth of an author. The first born out of two songs. So I got to represent to the fullest extent my intentions to get out the street. Standing on my own feet, fighting for the American dream. So I can get boatloads of green doing what I love. But there ain't no love in the city. That I live in No one could give a shit less if I make it I'm taking it all in And making it all bend to my benefit And if you ain't rolling with me I'm holding the key and you blocked out Locked out, I'm on route And you left in the dust cause you doubted No second thoughts, peace and I'm, I'm out kid. Where it ain't no love Ain't no love at all My back is up against the wall but I still stand tall in the city Where it ain't no love, ain't no love to give You gotta get it how you live yeah. That's how it is. Let me learn you will really go down in the city. No love given out, gotta earn that nitty gritty. You think it's easy when your back's against the wall? Having to come up, do a little dirt, but don't fall. You see, it's rough ahead when your hopes and dreams are smashed. Sometimes your life feels too fast and you bout to crash. But stay standing tall, but don't kill you, make you stronger. At least that's what they say to me. Truths won't be harder. Mental frustrations will go and pass down the road. Tie the bottle and end. So it's my time to told or tell Oh well, hell, colors everywhere It's like I see my future second strike No one even can been trying to get it How I live without come Not looking great, feeling app after app But it's too late for a repo dude That's been behind some boards God, can you hear me? Take me out of this place of scores in the city Where it ain't no love Ain't no love at all My back is up against the wall But I still stand tall in the city 
it ain't no love, ain't no love at all. My back is up against the wall, but I still stand tall in the city. Where it ain't no love, ain't no love again. You gotta get it how you live, but that's how it is in the city. My back is up against the wall, but I still stand tall in the city. Where it ain't no love, ain't no love to give. You gotta get it how you live. Homie, that's how it is in the city.